Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. All right. Well, you know, I, I hope you don't come to church like you go to work. How many of you go to work and punch a clock? All right, some do, some don't, okay? And we don't come here to punch the clock, amen? We come here to punch the devil. <laughs> We come here to worship God, glorify God, minister unto God as God ministers unto us and to each other. And so we kind of just try to flow with what God is doing. And man, he just so clearly told me this morning to do communion when we did it and then when he was going through it. So I'm already believing that there are miracles and testimonies that happened this morning. And um, so I hope you're okay with that. And um, if you're not, Jesus still loves you. Amen. We've been doing a series. Now, last week I misspoke. I told you that last week would be the last message in the Stand Firm series. While it was the last message in the sequence of the messages, but I took it out of sequence last week. In other words, I preached the last sermon last week. All right, this one will actually be the next to the last one in the sermon series when it's in a, whatever we put them in, the package, right? And I just felt led last week to preach that one last week for some reason. All right. So I want to talk to you today about a stand firm. Let me begin with the scriptures. All right. And the scripture tells us where. We go to Ephesians. We've been preaching out of Ephesians chapter 6. Let's begin with that. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Remember, that word struggle meant what? It meant to be in a, what is similar to a wrestling match where two opponents are seeking to throw the other one down, throw them off, throw them down, and hold them down by the neck, rendering them defeated. Okay, so we're in this struggle with the enemy who's trying to throw us down, hold us down, and render us defeated. But this struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we stop there for just a moment. All right, and so we stripped away all the imagery, if you will, and we just stood, what do we stand firm in? We stand firm in six things, right, okay? We stand firm in truth. We stand firm in righteousness. We stand firm in peace. We stand firm in faith. We stand firm in salvation, and we stand firm in the Word of God, right? Those are what the things we stand firm in. Now, last week we did a message that was, I showed you a picture of what it looked like through the people of God in Exodus chapter 14 when they left Egypt and the day of evil was coming upon them when Pharaoh and his chariots and his army were chasing them down to bring them back into bondage. How many would call that a day of evil? Good, just a couple of you over here. Others of you are saying, it's just a normal day in my life. All right? Okay, so I showed you that whole picture of how they were able to stand in the very things that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 6. 
All right, and so what we preached on last week was stand firm and then sing. But what I want to talk about this week is the next verse that Paul goes into when Paul says this. Now, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So Paul says, he says, now, with all this in mind, with all prayer, with all petition, at all times in the Spirit, pray. Now, the word prayer, what does it mean? We know what it means. It, it means to be um, uh, coming to God, petition. We're coming in a petition. We're coming in a uh, asking, uh, an entreaty to God, a seeking God, uh, a request of God. It's an interesting word that's used for time. The word time there is an epoch, or I'm, I'm sorry, an epoch. The word time there is um, kairos, not chronos, a kairos moment where it's a fixed and definite time. The time when things are brought to crisis. The decisive epoch waited for. How many know that in the day of evil, how many know that is a kairos moment, if you will? How many know that is a definite time to pray? How many know we should pray at all times, but how many know when the day of evil comes, it is a definite fixed time that we should be about prayer, right? And, and so this is what it says now. So there is a day of evil, according to Paul in the armor of God, there's a day of evil that presents itself to people. Have you ever been presented with a day of evil? Has evil ever touched your home? Has evil ever come against you? I told you last week, I can tell you evil came against us. All right, so many of you read, might have read Pastor Peter's uh, Facebook post. He was in L.A., flew into L.A. yesterday for his class, his doctorate class. And he was at LAX. He had to get a train to go up to Pasadena. Two guys were helping him, who then quickly took him into an alley, mugged him, and robbed him. Okay, that's a day of evil. He, he said to me this morning, he said, I feel so foolish. I feel so naive, and I feel so this. I said, whoa, 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 man. No, 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 you were operating in truth and righteousness, and it was other people who were uh, operating in de uh, deceptiveness and unrighteousness. You're not, you didn't do anything wrong, okay? But keep him in prayer. He's without a wallet, without his credit cards, with all that stuff. We're gonna get him some ID and all that. And, uh, but the fact of the matter is, how many know that's a day of evil? All right? And all of you have probably have faced a day of evil in your life. All right? And now this day of evil is coming by the enemy. It's a scheme of his, the Bible says, to throw you down, defeat you, destroy you. And Paul says you can stand firm in that day in the armor of God, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, word of God. Then he says, and pray in this day of evil. Now, let's talk about this. So what I'm gonna do this morning is to kind of, again, show it to you in a picture form. I, I want you to go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat is king. He's king of Judah, the southern tribes of Israel, okay? And this is what it says. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Meunites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. I mean, when somebody's making war against you, that's a day of evil. That's not a good day, is it? All right? Then some came and, and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the Sea of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed to fast throughout Judah. All right. So here he is. He's king of Judah. How many know that the promises of God were going to come through the line of Judah. How many know Jesus was gonna come through the line of Judah? The purposes of God for the world 
were going to come through Judah. Jehoshaphat is king, okay? Now, all of a sudden, here comes this vast army. Here comes this incredibly huge army to make war against him, to throw him down, to defeat him, to destroy him, right? All right, and now, all of a sudden, here he is facing this day of evil. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Here's what he, here's what he knows. He knows that in the natural, he can't win this war. How many times have you ever faced a battle you know you can't win in the natural? Have you ever faced an enemy, uh, a battle with the enemy that you just know, in the natural, I can't win this? In the natural, in my ability, I can't win this. I can't do anything about it. There are times in your life when you can't prevail against the enemy through your own ability. All right, so what do we do in those moments? What did Jehoshaphat, <coughs> excuse me, do in those moments? All right, well, the Bible tells us that he was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord. Interesting, isn't it, when you look at this? You stand firm, I stand firm in the face of evil by turning our face towards God. How many of you know ultimately shape your disposition? The direction you face, where you put your trust, what you face will ultimately shape your disposition, it won't. How many, I, I can have a bad day some days, but then sometimes I go home and I see the face of those little rascals. Can I just tell you it's not a bad day anymore? For the most part. Until they start fighting over something. That's fine, give it to me. Ah! Right? But how many, how many of you can testify that when you look into the face sometimes of your grandchild, of the baby, of a child, of a spouse, except for Troy, okay? That what you're, who you're looking at will change the disposition of what's going on in you. And so now Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, that it says that he turned his face. He began to seek the Lord. See, what I want you to understand is fear in the natural directs us to the one who is supernatural. Have you ever been afraid because of the day of evil? Have you ever had fear in your heart? Okay. How many of you know fear is natural? Fear is something that comes into us, although how many know we don't live by fear? How many know we don't have to be ruled by fear? We don't have to be dominated by fear. But to say we've never been afraid is probably not true. All right? So Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, was very afraid. But out of his fear in the natural, I got an army that's going to destroy me. What am I going to do? I'm going to turn my face, and I'm going to seek the one who is supernatural. Let me say something to you this morning. You might be facing something natural that brought fear into your life this morning. Turn your face to the one who's supernatural. Turn your eyes and put them on the one who is supernatural this morning. All right? Now, so the Bible says, I like how it says it. It says that he then gave him, he turned his attention to the Lord. You know what? How many know you get God's attention when you give him your attention? Come on. When, you, when you, you want God's attention, how about you give him your attention? Can I just say he doesn't want only our attention whenever we're in trouble, in crisis? Hmm? Some of us want God's attention, but we never give him our attention for any longer than a crisis moment. Some of us want God's attention that he gets our 90 minutes on Sunday morning, or maybe two hours if you come here. Right? That, yeah, no, no, you're only gonna, this is, how much, this is how much time you get, God. This is it. This is all the attention I'm giving you. But I want your undivided attention. Mm. Am I, that hurt anybody other than me? 
How many times have we wanted his undivided attention while we give him reserved attention? So, so now watch this. So he, the Bible says he turned his attention to God. You stand firm when the day of evil is seeking you by seeking God. It is a time when the enemy's coming at you and he's letting all hell come at you. It is a time that you say, I'm gonna stand firm and the way that I'm gonna stand firm is I'm gonna stand firm by bowing on my knees. I'm gonna stand firm in prayer. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. Now, Paul said to pray in the spirit of God. We're gonna talk about that in just a moment. So now, the Bible says Jehoshaphat gave his attention to God, sought God. How does he do it? Prayer. Prayer is an act of seeking God. Let me, just, let, me just, let me just kind of ask you a question without any show, no show of hands. When's the last time you sought God? When's the last time you sought God other than a crisis? We all seek him in a crisis. But this is what we're talking about, though. We are talking about a crisis moment. We are talking about the day of evil, that we're seeking God, that prayer is an act of you seeking God. Now, let's think about that for a moment. <laughs> What am I, am I playing hide and seek with God? Hello, God, where are you? Have you ever had one of those moments where you actually thought he was hiding from you? Like, what do I mean by seeking God? Have you ever played hide and seek with your grandchildren? I gotta tell you, mine aren't very good at it. I gotta tell you, Liam's really bad. Like, Liam is just horrible. Like, we play hide and seek. You count, Pappy, okay. And he's over here, and he's hiding behind something. <laughs> he can't find me. He's over here talking the whole time. Or I got, I, got these, I got these curtains that hang on the patio door. They hang, you know, from top of the door to the floor. And he'll run over there and he'll wrap himself around one. I've told him not to, Penny. All right? And, and, oh, and, and that whole time that curtain's like this. No, he's not in there. No, no. Right? And then if you play with them, you know, they don't play right either. He counts. Okay, you count. I'll hide. Okay, I'll count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're cheating. Okay? Like, they're really easy to play with because you can find them all the time. God's not looking for us to seek him because he's hiding. What are we seeking whenever we say we're seeking God? What was Jehoshaphat seeking when he was seeking God? He was seeking God in prayer. In the day of evil, he was seeking the will of God. Listen to me. What I need to know in the day of evil is the will of God. I need to know the will of God for the moment. I need to know what God says about this moment. I need to know what the Lord of Lords says about this moment. I need to know what the King says about this moment. I don't need to know what my will says, amen? What I need to know is what is the will of God? Remember, David would pray, Lord, should I pursue them? What's your will? Should I pursue them? The day of evil struck us. Yes, pursue them for you shall overtake them. All right, think about this for a moment. When you are seeking God, you are seeking the will of God in prayer. All right? When you do this, you, you got to understand some things. When you, when, when you do this, you're doing it in an attitude of saying, God, what's your will in this moment? You see, because what happens is, how many of you have ever had God's will get distorted because of your will? Hmm? There's been times where I've thought his will is my will. Now, now I gotta tell you, sometimes I think, you know, he should listen to me more. But how many of your will can distort what you think is the will of God? How many of you believe that your emotions can distort <coughs> what is the will of God? How, how many of you believe this morning that your sin 
And what your presence, you know how many times I've had people tell me in the midst of their sin, it's the will of God? No, it's not. Sin for your life is never the will of God. He doesn't need to use your sin to get you anywhere. Can I get an amen? I am so tired of people sinning. I do it, you do it. We sin, we say, oh, well, God had a plan for that. Shut up, he did not. No, he didn't. You sinned out of your own evil desire. You sinned because you liked it and it felt good. And just because God is able to clean up your mess doesn't mean he ordained your mess. Okay. Right? What happens is, and our prayers become distorted by our will, by our emotions, by our sin. But here's, what, here's where it gets really good. Okay? So now, when we're seeking God in prayer in the day of evil, we're seeking the will of God. Now, let me show you a scripture. Here's where it gets really good. In the same way, Romans chapter 8, the Spirit, how many, say, how many know the Spirit of God, also helps our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself prays, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Listen to me. I'm going to talk a little bit about praying in the Spirit. And I know we're good Pentecostals and charismatics and all that stuff, all right? All right? And, and I, I know about tongues and I pray in tongues. And I'm, we're not talking about that today. Because the problem is we have reduced praying in the Spirit to only tongues. How many know you pray in the Spirit by, there's a number of ways we're going to talk about that this morning. One of those is that when I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm praying in the Spirit is when He, the Spirit Himself, is praying for me according to the will of God. There are times I don't know the will of God. Is there anybody here who can say that? How many of you have ever been in a day of evil and you don't know what the will of God is in that? How do you come to a knowledge of the will of God? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to pray and make it real to you that this is the will of God. How many know he will never give you anything but the will of God? Right? Like, like isn't it great that somebody who exactly knows what God is saying, can relate that to you? If you were going to the doctor tomorrow, do you want to hear me give you a diagnosis with a doctor? Some of you are actually pondering that. Are you out of your mind? Like You don't, you don't, want, to, you don't want me anywhere near this thing. Like You'd be dying of lung cancer. I said, I got a cold. Right? Like, you know what, I don't want, no, I will mess it all up. I will fail to interpret that correctly. They'll give me all the diagnosis, they'll give me all the stuff, and I will bring it to you and it'll be flawed. Here's the thing about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will always accurately and to the T relate to you what the will of God is. And we don't know what the will of God is sometimes because we're not praying according to the Spirit of God and allowing the Spirit of God to do what the Bible says he will do. All right? Now, it says he does this. How many of you have ever prayed and you didn't know what to pray? Now, you guys all know how to pray. I, I got to preach to another crowd. Let me go this way. Okay, now, you people. Right? Like, have you ever found yourself in prayer not knowing what to pray? And you're like, God, I, I don't know what to pray. You pray for me. I don't know how to pray. You pray for me. This is what part of praying in the Spirit is, that he is interceding on my behalf. You see, sometimes we're praying 
to God for God to accomplish his will instead of discovering his will. I really think that there's times we miss it because we're just saying, hey God, just, just, just do your thing, just do your will. He says, no, 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 I wanna do it, but I'm gonna do it through you, and so you've gotta discover what it is. You have to discover what my will is. Because once you know what my will is, then you can operate according to that will. Have you ever taught your children how to be responsible? I've tried, I haven't gotten there myself. Like, yeah, you try to teach them how to be responsible. You don't do everything for them, do you? If you do everything for them, they never learn how to do anything on their own. Let's face it, let's be honest. A lot of times our seeking God is not for him to just show us what his will is, it's just do it and fix it. We're praying for him to fix it rather than tell us how to fix it. Jehoshaphat had praised, he's praying. They're praying by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is gonna, gonna, gonna do something in their life, right? So watch what happens. So now, here's what I would suggest to you this morning, that in the day of evil, we're praying. We're praying according to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will pray for us. He will intercede for us. He will seek according to the will of God, and he will relay that to us, because this is what I know, that it says this in Scripture. Then, in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Jehaziel was a prophet. Let me tell you about my God. My God is so cool that when I go, spirit-led prayer will always result in spirit-answered prayer. Listen, <laughs> when you call, I will. Okay, listen, listen, listen. You guys gotta read the Bible more. When you call, God says, I will. Okay, I will answer. I will answer. Listen, you may call my cell phone and I may not answer, but if you call God, I promise you he'll answer. <laughs> right? Think about this. They're praying. Day of evil comes. They're going to destroy, kill his people, kill him. And then all of a sudden, he said, we're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to seek the will of God. And the prophet begins. The spirit of God by the prophet brings a spirit answer. Right? You see, praying in the Spirit is guided by and answered by the Spirit of God. You know, sometimes we pray, but sometimes we're not always confident of an answer. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches. Here's Jehoshaphat, goes into battle. He's facing a battle. He goes into prayer. When he goes into prayer, he begins to look for the will of God. And now the Spirit of God begins to speak to the prophet. And the Spirit of God is going to come to the prophet because he's been led by Spirit. Now he's going to answer by the Spirit of God. Think about this for just a moment. What does that do? What does, kind of answer does he bring us? All right? Watch this. Here comes the word. Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. And King Jehoshaphat says to the Lord, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's God. Hmm. He's praying out of fear, led by the Spirit, looking for the will of God. God answers by the Spirit of God and says, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Hmm. This sounds like a real familiar scripture to me. You know, because here's what I said. The point is, that spirit-answered prayer brings peace according to the will of God. You say, well, no, well, what do you mean? Remember this verse? 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Jehoshaphat prays. He's anxious. He's got fear. He's got an army that's coming to destroy him. He goes to God to pray. God begins to, to answer him. And the first thing he says is, oh, by the way, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I got this. Allow the peace of God to guard your heart and guard your mind. May I suggest this morning that spirit-led prayer will bring us to a place of peace? Does it not? It's, it's not the prayer in and of itself. It's the response of the Spirit of God to the prayer. Then all of a sudden, I got this. I'm with you. I'm in this. I will be with you. You don't walk in fear. Be at peace. I would suggest this morning, this is going to be really meddling, I know. But I would suggest for some of us in this room, there was a lack of peace because there's a lack of prayer. There was a lack of peace because there was a lack of prayer. The Bible promises peace that passes all understanding that comes as a result of prayer. And yet, what happens? We don't pray. Prayer will bring the peace of God. Hey, Jehoshaphat, I know you face an army. I got this. Don't be dismayed and don't be afraid. Right? Now, what, does, what happens then? Then God does this. You want to know my will. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. And then spirit answered prayer is strategy according to the will of God. How many times in Scripture can you pick up the word of God and you can find where God gives strategy to his servants? Over and over and over. You see, the day of evil is a strategy of the enemy to come against you, to destroy you, to throw you down. And yet, God has a strategy for the strategy of the enemy. I mean, you know, God is a better chess player than the enemy. When the, enemy, when the enemy says check, God says checkmate. Come on. When the enemy says check, God says checkmate. The enemy said check when he threw Joseph in the prison in Egypt. God said checkmate. Come on. I could go on and on. I could preach the whole rest of the sermon on checkmate. But I won't. You see, in this, he comes and he says, okay, now Jehoshaphat. Here's the strategy. Don't be afraid. Don't dismay. Here's the strategy. First thing is, that the day of evil, that battle's mine. It's not yours. That battle's mine. It's not your battle. That battle is mine. It is not yours. You think of the number of times where God fought a battle that was his. Jericho comes to mind. How many know Jericho, the people of God only did one thing. They shouted when God told them to shout, right? The Holy Spirit is a strategy giver. Right? Joshua going into Jericho. Joshua going into Ai. Gideon, the book of Acts. Paul, we can go on and on. Right? In the day of evil, the battle belongs to the Lord. Right? Now, think about this for a moment. So wh why is that? Well, let me show you this. First of all, the battles against God's people 
are a battle against God. You gotta understand something, man. You gotta get this in our heart. The battles against God's people are a battle against the purposes of God in and through his people. The reason that the enemy is coming at you, the reason that he's seeking to destroy you, isn't just about you, it's about God and his purposes. You, okay, think about this for a moment. God had a purpose through Adam and Eve. The enemy comes and says, I'm going to mess up that purpose. I'm going to destroy that. I'm going to get them to eat from what God told them not to eat from. You think about this. God had a purpose for the kingdom of Israel, and they were constantly under attack and constantly trying to be destroyed. God had a purpose for the life of Jesus, and the enemy comes at him in the wilderness to try to disqualify him. The enemy had a purpose for the, um, sorry, God had a purpose for the apostles in the early church, and we look through the book of Acts. How many times did the enemy try to kill that purpose of God? Listen to me this morning. You have a purpose, and God has a purpose in you and through you that the enemy has been trying to thwart for years. You understand something this morning? We have got to get this in our heart. The battle belongs to God because it's God's battle first. The, the battle belongs to God because he's, the enemy is trying to destroy God's purposes. It's not, it's not just about you. It's about God. It's about God. We have so personalized this thing, and everything's about us. It ain't all about you, baby. How many know when you make marriage all about you, Bubba, it's not all that grand for her? The battle in our lives as the people of God are not about us. They're about God. Right? The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy us, yes, but the purpose of God. The enemy does not want the purpose of God to be, be fulfilled in and through your life. All right? In, in the day of evil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. All right? Now think about this for just a moment. This day of evil came, and they stood because what? God said, it's my battle. Think about this. What is the greatest place of protection in the world? The greatest place of protection is you in the purpose of God. Because God is not going to allow his purposes to go undone. The enemy is, just think you're God for a moment. Hold on, you go, you go hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm bringing my son, the savior of the world, through that tribe, through that Judah. That's my purpose for Judah. And you think you're gonna destroy him? Hello, it ain't happening. You're trying to destroy my purpose. I think this morning in this house, some of us need to remember that we, what, what we've done is we've made, we, we want his protection so that we can chase after our own purposes. God protect me so I can fulfill my own agenda. God protect me so that I can chase my own purpose. Because, you're, because after all, God, your only purpose for me is to get to heaven. Can everybody do the eye roll emoji? Why are you breathing today? Why is his breath in your lungs today? Why? Because there's a purpose in you and for you and through you. 
We make it all about us. You stand firm in the day of evil while God, oh, while God fights the battle with evil. It's interesting to me. He said, go down against them. You go down against them. You get down and face them, but don't you fight them. You get out, and, get out and face them, but you don't fight it. How many know if you face the, how many, that's really hard to do. All right, like you want me to go face my enemy, but I'm not allowed to punch him in the face. No. But I really want to punch him in the face. No. Yeah, but come on. No. <laughs> right? Face him, but don't fight him. Wow, did you get that principle this morning? Face him, but don't fight him. Resist him but don't fight them. It's my battle. It's my battle, I'm fighting for you. You're trying to fight my battle for me. No, no, I'm gonna fight this battle for you. You see, the greatest place of protection in our life is found in the purposes of God. I've already said this, and I've said this one. Many people want protection of God so they can pursue their own purposes. God, protect me because it's about me so I can do what I want for me. That's not really not how it works. Hmm? Because the battle is the Lord's, we face the enemy, but we don't fight the enemy. I love that passage of scripture. The Bible says if I resist him, he'll flee. The Bible told you of Oshavat, you go down and face him, but don't you fight him. You go down and stand in for him, but you don't have to fight the battle. Hmm. Okay, so get this. So now, here's Jehoshaphat. Day of evil coming upon them. We're gonna stand firm. We're gonna pray. We're gonna seek God. We're gonna give our attention to God. And, and, and now God gives spirit answered he, he, Spirit answered prayer, where he brings peace. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. And I'm going to give you strategy. Because what we're seeking is the will of God. So this spirit-led prayer resulted in spirit-answered peace and strategy that then produced spirit-induced worship. Check this out. Check out this passage of Scripture, right? Here's what it says. So God gives him a, this, Right? You need not fight this battle. Station yourself. Watch this. Anybody, we've been preaching about stand firm for six weeks. He says, you do not, I'm sorry. He said, station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of your Lord. Come on, man. You get, last week, what, the, what was it that Moses said to the people when they faced the day of evil? He said, stand still and see the salvation of God. Now we move forward how many hundreds of years, and God says to Judah, stand firm and see the salvation of God. Let me say to you this morning that God is saying to us, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand firm. You stand firm in truth. You stand firm in uh, uh, peace and righteousness. You stand firm in faith. You stand firm in salvation. You stand firm in the word of God. You stand firm and pray. And I will fight your battle for you. I will fight your battle for you. Right? And watch what happens. So now he gets this strategy. He gets this word. He just heard the God of heaven was going to war on his behalf. And what does he do? It says he bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You know how humbling it is when the God of heaven says, I got you. When the God of heaven says, I got this battle. I'm gonna fight this for you. He bowed and worshiped. He bowed and he worshiped. Here's the scripture. I, I read it, got ahead of you. He bowed his head with his face to the ground. How I many know he's humbled in the presence of God? And the answer that God gave, I, I, 
I texted somebody this week and I said, I'm always so humbled because of how good God is actually to me. Like, God is good. Everything in my life hasn't been good, but I'm a blessed man. And God has been better to me than I deserve. Right? And it brings a sense of humility into our life that should actually actually result in worship. Here's Jehoshaphat. Because you can remember just in Joshua, in the, no, um, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 19, he was being rebuked by God. And this one, God's saying, I got you. It says, and the Levites from the sons of the Kohoathites and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. I love that he emphasizes loud. <laughs> with a very loud voice. He doesn't get a golf clap. He doesn't, he just, he gets a, he gets a, oh. It comes, you know why? Because it comes out of your spirit, man. It doesn't come out of your flesh. It comes out of the spirit, man. That makes you shout. That makes you do weird things. That says, my God is fighting for me. Let me shout. Oh, well, that's too undignified. I don't give a rip. You think if I was worried about being dignified, I'd step up here? The only place I really get undignified is that up here. Listen to me. I'm going to lift up a shout of praise for what they heard. Now watch this. You see, praying in the Spirit led them to battle in the Spirit. It's not pray in the Spirit, then battle in the flesh. It's not pray in the Spirit, then battle in the natural. It's not pray in the Spirit, thank you God, I got this. No, it's pray in the Spirit, then battle in the Spirit. Why? Why do, I, why do I say it that way? You see, because you've got to understand something. We don't wage war like the world does, do we? You see, fighting the battle in the spirit is fighting with weapons of righteousness, not flesh. I would much rather punch you in the face than turn the other cheek. If you hit me, I'm gonna, I just would like to hit you back. But that's not a weapon of righteousness, is it? A weapon of righteousness is, here, you want the other one? A weapon of righteousness is forgiving somebody when they offend you. You see, because the weapon of the flesh is I'm not going to forgive you, which only, because here's what happens. Weapons of our flesh only empower the enemy. They don't disempower him. Anytime we try to fight the enemy in our weapons of our flesh, we only empower the enemy, not dispower, disempower him. What happens? Fighting the battle in the spirit is fighting with weapons of righteousness, not flesh. I think I reminded of a scripture. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. <laughs> Can you imagine Jehoshaphat? All right, God, here I come. I'm coming to you. Okay, God says, this is my battle. It's not yours. I got this. You face him, but you don't fight. And the next moment, you see him getting everything he has, every weapon he has, every spear, every shield, every sword. I got this now, God. That's not what I told you to do. Right? What? When it's God's battle, you worship while he fights. Come on, they go, they go to battle. Listen, the dude is crazy out of his mind. He put all the singers at the front of the army. 
I love Troy. I don't want him first. I want Jamie first. Jamie's a whole lot bigger than Troy. I want the singer. I want the fighter. Actually, I was going back in there. You know, we have we have people who sit back there as security, and I walked back there. There was Jamie, and there was there was Jeff, and there was Don. And I said, "Wait, I looked at those two guys." I said, "The only one I'm afraid of is Don, not you guys." Listen to me. Listen to me. What happens? They go face the enemy as God told them. But they did not face them in their flesh. They faced them in the spirit. They faced them as in, in worship. Why? Because the weapons of their warfare were not carnal. The weapons of their warfare had divine power to bring down fortresses. Listen to me this morning. What you need to be doing while God is fighting your battle is worshiping your God. Worship your God while he fights your battle. And the reason they were worshiping their God, listen to me, listen to me. And the reason they were worshiping their God is because they had a word from their God. His word will always produce worship. Man, when I, get, when I hear his word, when I get his word, and this speaks to me, I promise you what results is worship. Like, like do you get it? Or am I like just weird? Come on, Troy. I want to give him hope. You go to battle in worship. See, I think sometimes we, I, I, sometimes I hear this message preached from this chapter. We get it a little bit out of order. We forget all the stuff that happened up front. And we only talk about the worship part, the singing part. They sang because they had a word. They had a word because they prayed. Do you hear me this morning? They had a word because they prayed. They had a strategy because they prayed. They prayed in the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God gave them an answer, and gave them a strategy. You can sing all the songs you want, but if you ain't got a word from God, come on. I love when the word produces singing. When the word produces worship. When the word from God produces praise. You'll never stop singing when you have a word from God. Never. When the day of evil comes, face it in his armor and on your knees. And when you've done everything, stand, stand, stand. How do we stand best? We stand best in his armor and on our knees. Come on, stand up with me, stand up with me. If you're, if you're, if you're good, I'll let you out in another half hour. I'm just kidding. The day of evil came. The day of evil came against Jehoshaphat and his armies and his people. Let me tell you something, Dad. Some of you have faced the day of evil and some of you will face the day of evil that tries to destroy you and your family. What are you gonna do in those moments? What are you going to do? You're going to fight it in your own carnality? You're going to fight it in your own flesh? They stood in the presence of God. They sought God. They stood by bowing in prayer. And that spirit-led prayer led them to spirit-given answers. And it led them to the peace of God that guarded their heart and mind. When you have the peace of God guarding your heart and mind, you're not going to run in an opposite direction that God tells you to go. That spirit-led prayer led them 
to a strategy given to them by God. Go face them, but don't you fight them. It's my battle. I got this. Because he kind of, because remember, this isn't about you. It's about my purposes in and through you. Man, the enemy is trying to stop the purposes of God. Not just in your life. Stop personalizing it all the time. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. I remember Jim Cimbala. Love Jim Cimbala. Love me some Jim Cimbala, Brooklyn Tabernacle. He had a daughter that went wayward for years. Done all kinds of crazy stuff. This is a guy who God is using to build a great church in a city. And drug addicts are being redeemed. And people are being transformed. And people are being set free. And his own daughter was caught up in the very things that he was delivering people from. And one night he's so broken. And he's in his room. And he's in his kitchen. And he's so broken. And some guy was there from his church who was a, had a prophetic gift. And he looked at him and he said, Pastor, he says, you're making a mistake if you think this is just about you. This is never just about just you. It's never about just your daughter. He says, you're making a mistake if you think this is only about your daughter. It's about your daughter. It's about you. It's about your marriage. It's about your family. And it's about your church. It's about the purposes of God. It's about the purposes of God that are bigger than you. Hear me this morning. It is bigger than you. The enemy is always coming against God, and that's why God said, it's my battle. You stay in my purpose, I'll fight it. You stay in my purpose, I'll fight it. Here's the strategy. You face them, but I'll fight them. <laughs> you stand, but I'll fight them. You stand in me, you stay in me, and I'll fight them. And they hear that, and they, they, they bow and worship. And now they would go into battle but they go into the battle not to fight the battle. And they didn't go with swords and spears and shields. They didn't go with carnal weapons, but rather they went with weapons of righteousness. I say to you this morning, walk in weapons of righteousness. Carry weapons of righteousness this morning. They went with worship and praise as God gave them a word. And when you're worshiping God in the midst of the battle, how many know this morning he will win the battle? You know it's his battle when you're worshiping while he's fighting. Even this morning, as you were pouring your heart out to your God, he was fighting a battle on your behalf. Do you hear that? What are you singing? I don't know. Probably want to sing that other song. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you a story and I'll quit. <laughs> go ahead, you can sing. I have, I have. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I love to harass Troy, in case you haven't noticed. And there's certain times where we get a song, we'll have some fun with them, right? And how many of you like that song that we sing, you know, you know, this is how I fight my battles? Yeah. Okay, the Tyrone section likes that. Woo! And I like parts of it and I don't like parts of it. But, you know, the song goes, this is how I fight my battles. So I like to pick on Troy about the song, so I send him text all the time. This is how I eat my pizza. <laughs> this is how I just, I, I just make it up for everything, right? This is how I tie my shoes. This is how I hit my golf ball. And I mock him. And so we had a group text meeting the other day. And we were, I, was, I sent an excerpt of my sermon as a word of encouragement. And then somebody put that song on. I said, oh, here we go. 
So I started to harass everybody. This is how I eat my pizza. And then Karen told me something about mocking. I said, this is how I mock my pastor. So this is, I'm at the house early in the morning. I go out, I get in my car. I turn the key onto the car. I have a CD in my car playing. And what do you think came on? This is how I fought my battle. You can't make this stuff up. That, I, you can't make this stuff up. I'm like, <laughs> I actually recorded it and sent them to all of them. But listen to me this morning. You fight your battle in worship because God has given you a word that he's the one fighting the battle. It's his battle. So my question to you this morning is, how do you fight your battle? Do you fight it on your knees? Do you fight it in your own strength? Do you fight it in your own ability? Do you fight it, or do you fight it by praying in the spirit at all times? In that Kairos moment of the day of evil. Hmm? It was a Kairos moment on Jehoshaphat's part. They were coming to destroy him. Because another not, I got a word for you. I got a strategy for you. Here it is. Here it is. Go face it. But I'll fight it. And I say to you this morning, go face your battle. But don't fight it. Go face it. But don't fight it. It's his battle. It's his battle. And he'll have a strategy for you, I promise you. Father, this morning, bless your people. Bless your people this morning. All of us have at one time or another or will face a day of evil that will challenge us and will cause fear and will cause things in our, on our, on our flesh. But this day we say, by the word of God, we will stand firm and we will pray and we will seek your face and we will seek your will and we will seek your strategy. And I know you'll give us a word and I know you'll give me a word. And when I get that word, I'm going to worship. And when I worship, you're going to fight the battle while I'm worshiping you. And I'm going to see a victory. And I'm going to see a, a defeat of the enemy that come against me. And I'm going to see a moment where you bring judgment against that enemy. And so this day, we say thank you. We say thank you that you fight our battles. In Jesus' name, amen.